This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jeremy Wolf. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wolf. Today, I'm joined by Ron Osborne with Sperry CGA RJ Realty. Hope I got that right. You did. All right. Very good. Batting 100 so far. So good to go there. So, Ron, thanks for coming on the show, man. Look forward to it. I always like to, uh, shall we say, get involved with local communities. Yeah. And and you are uh, a good neighbor. You live over an embassy in Cooper City. So it's always nice to have a local resident join me on the stage. So I'm excited to get into this to learn a little bit more about what you guys do over at Sperry CGA. So why don't we start there? Please share with us a little bit about your business and then we shall go from there. Sure. Sperry Commercial Global Affiliates. uh, We are a network of highly trained commercial brokers. And most of us have been in the business anywhere from a short of 10 years to as long as 40 to 45 years. Uh, And we specialize in investment sales primarily and commercial leasing. Uh, we do have a corporate management division for large enough properties, which my affiliate does not get involved with, but we can set something up. Okay. Now, is your background initially, did you start out in the commercial sphere or did you start out residential and migrate over into commercial? Tell us a little bit about your backstory and your, your journey. Well, I actually started out in commercial. Once I graduated college, I built two shopping centers while I was in college uh, at Stetson. Oh, back, back, huh? back, back up a second. You built two shopping centers while you were in college? Yes, I had financial backers. Uh, we built <laughs> little strip centers. And in those days, it was easy to build strip centers. I think my plans were no more than about 15 pages Today, uh, the plans would be more like 250 to, or more just for your engineering plans. And that's when I got out of the business. Um, I got involved because one of my best friends, was father was a commercial mortgage broker. I like the industry and I've been a commercial broker ever since I graduated in 1979 from Stetson. So I, and I've been licensed since 78 and i've been with multiple national companies over the last 45 years every you know i was with mark smilichap for 10 years uh Kyer south florida and avis and young are the most recent three before i left them about six years ago formed rj realty and then i acquired the sperry commercial global affiliates uh affiliation uh, a little over three years ago. Nice. So that's pretty impressive, though, building two two strip malls or shopping centers while you're in college. Uh, most of us, and I can only speak for myself, but I think a, a lot of a lot of kids that go to college uh, end up uh, situated at the bar more more often than not. And uh, oh, I didn't say I didn't me. sit at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So most people out there have a general or familiar with residential realtors, you know, they're, they're often a dime a dozen. 
Can you speak to some of the the differences aside from obviously the fact that you're dealing with commercial buildings and things like that, as opposed to residential homes, some of the differences between these two um, spaces in the industry? Absolutely. Residential agents primarily can list a house and, you know, they market it uh, through the MLS uh, or they'll have a buyer and they will take them around and then you know, they might recommend either a title company or an attorney and an inspection company, and they figure their job is done. Okay. In commercial, at least in my experience with the better agents, which I've been fortunate enough to work with all my life, um, the, jo the job just begins when you take the listing. For the uh, owner, we go through all their uh, financials for the properties. We go, we look up sales comps, rent comps, uh, make sure that their leases are up to date. Uh, we put together rent rolls, uh, go through the financials, make recommendations when we put, are evaluating the property. Uh, we always try and adjust uh, on any projections for uh, real estate taxes, which is easy to do because of Marty Kier's website. Mm. However, the only big issue these days, which is the big question mark, is uh, property insurance because you have no idea what it's going to be. You know, three years ago, you could assume it was going to be pretty close to the what the seller was uh, had. Mm. Yeah, premiums um, are crazy right now, man. Like right. Double, doubled in the last few years. To tripled. And there's a misconception of why. And everybody assumes it's all the windstorm. It's not. It's part of it. But the bigger issue is interest rates. 24 months ago, interest rates were virtually zero. The reinsurers were getting, you know, a 3 to 4%, maybe a 5% return on their money. Well, they still want that same return on their money so they have a choice they can look for a 15 to 16 percent uh interest rate because interest rates are at eight and a half plus on prime uh so you add four to five to that so you that's and then that's how they figure that plus of course the, the other things everybody thinks cause windstorm and insurance to go up um, because if they wanted a 5% return, they could just throw their money in treasury bills. Mm. You know, it's a misconception and it's unfortunate. A lot of smaller, like I deal in the one to $10 million range. Primarily I've done larger deals, uh, throughout my career. Uh, but if it, is a cash buyer a lot of times i recommend to go without windstorm because you're going to get very little from it uh when you're done the way they figure the valuation on the roof on a commercial building but that's Interesting. a whole podcast in itself <laughs> so I, I can't speak to insurance premiums on the commercial side but i was under the impression at least several insurance folks had told me at least on the residential side 
uh, that one of the driving factors for large increases in premiums, uh, at least in Florida, were due to a lot of uh, insurance claims and things like that that's against part of it. But that's, okay, actually, that's part of the equation. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's not part of it. I'm saying it's not the major part. Hmm, yeah, that's what they tell everybody because that's easy to explain. You know, the reinsurers are the big issue. But like I said, that's a separate podcast. I'll be glad if anybody <laughs> is listening, I can sit with them and put them in touch with several of the larger insurance companies, at least for the commercial end. And they'll tell them the same thing if they're telling them the truth. Yeah. I also got to imagine on the commercial end that the sales cycle typically is a lot longer than it would be on the residential side. Is that an accurate assumption? It can be. I've been able to get deals done depending on the buyer and the, and the seller. Uh, the shortest sales cycle I had last year's was about 35 days from the time we went to contract. It may have taken two weeks to negotiate the contract, because 90% are not done on form contracts. Uh, the big issue when you do, this was a single tenant building, so it was relatively easy to do the uh, financials. We just had a look at what the, the lease and what it was required and what they were paying. It's you do an environmental inspection, make sure there's no contamination. That takes anywhere from two to three weeks. If you're getting it, this was an all cash transaction, so we didn't have to deal with uh, any loan uh, contingencies. And then it was title and all of that. Uh, you also have to deal, depending on the age of the property, uh, making sure there was a, now in Broward County, it's every 25 years, the building's over 3,500 square feet, the safety inspection and a physical inspection um and that takes time and you have to make sure those are cleared i can get most commercial deals done that are under you know ten thousand square feet subject to financing uh in about 60 to 75 days from contract to close uh especially if the sellers are upfront and honest with what they know um if as an example, I sold a building last year, which is the one that took 45 days, under 45. Um, we knew the roof was bad. We told them the roof was bad. We told them what it would cost to replace the roof because we had four bids on it. The sellers just didn't want to spend it. Interesting. Question for you. Uh do you ever cross paths with business brokers in any capacity that buy and sell businesses? I'd imagine that, that you do, Absolutely. right? Business brokers in Florida are licensed real estate brokers. I have several good friends that are business brokers. Uh, I don't sell businesses, but I, we have a separate division uh, at Sperry for business brokers. And when I do have an opportunity to list a property that has, and they're selling the businesses, uh, I bring them in to help with the valuation mm -hmm. and the marketing and advice. And I pay them a percentage of my side of the transaction uh, on the list side. Uh, I just sold a very large body shop up in North Lauderdale uh, for over $3 million uh, to, Gerber 
Collision, which is a national company. And that took about 70 days from the time they uh, we signed the binding letter of intent. They didn't sign a contract till closing, which is normal in their case, unusual in ours. But they did all their due diligence up front and uh, they went through everything that was available. Do and, you and the, my business broker estimated the valuation for me, and that's what you know what they did. Do you know by chance uh, Russell Cohen? Mm, I Murphy, may know Murphy Russell. Business, South Florida M and A business, uh, South Florida M and A business advisors. He's a business, local business broker. He has an office in Cooper City. Mm. He's done a lot of deals locally in the area. He actually has has a podcast himself. So no, I, I don't believe I know Russell. Um, like I said, I don't primarily deal in business brokerage. Okay. You know, and this deal was done off market because with the rising interest rates, the seller wanted a buyer that, how can I put it, didn't need to go get, borrow money. Uh, Must be nice. Well, Gerber's an international company owned by Boyd yeah. out of Canada. Um, you know, we could have gone, gotten them several hundreds of thousand dollars more initially, but we had no guarantee of closing uh, if they could get a loan. Today, you know, and most businesses go by SBA financing, and that's very expensive right now. Like in the tens in the tens huh yeah that's pretty pricey pretty pricey well, i'll have to maybe I'll have, I'll have to connect you uh link you up maybe with russell cohen uh, who knows maybe you guys could benefit from each other's services at some point in the future let's sh shift for a second ron why don't you talk a little bit about your family what you like to do for fun when you're not working <laughs> well the old saying in real estate is you're always working but uh uh, we moved here, I'm going to say 27 years ago. Uh, I grew up in West Broward. My wife, uh, after we both moved down from New York at different times, was a Miami Beach girl. Uh, but we moved here when, <clears throat> when our, after our uh, son was born. They're both graduates of the Cooper City uh, school system. My daughter is a teacher over in uh, the greater Fort Myers area, and my son is an accountant with uh, Ernst & Young uh, EY in their transaction division. Nice, nice. And what I do for fun is you'll yeah. find me most Saturdays or Sundays if the weather is good out at Markham Park in the uh, radio control airfield because I fly planes out there and sometimes uh, I sneak out in the evening or on Friday mornings depending of what my schedule is I fly that's my catharsis for relaxation because you can't answer the phone <laughs> yeah you're one of I, I've obviously been out there I've seen those those big planes in the air so you're one of you're one of those guys flying those big big planes those big well, remote control planes <laughs> yeah I actually I fly a nice size plane because the little ones that are foam, I just don't like. I'm an old school guy, I like wood planes. 
how did you get into doing that? Is that something that's always been a passion for you going back, or is that something that you yeah, recently I started doing? Tried starting it in the mid seventies when I was like sixteen, and failed. And then I guess my son was about ten or twelve, and for some reason we went to a hobby shop that was closed. There was also a uh, sports card place. And there was a sign on the window saying, you know, we're at Markham Park for an air show. So we went over there, fell in, he fell in love with it. I fell in love with it again. We did it for about three, four years until uh, 08, 09 when the market crashed. And, you know, you don't spend money when you don't, when you're strong, you know, everybody struggled during those periods, stopped. And then I got back into it, you know, about 18 months ago. Nice. Sounds like a lot of fun for sure. Never, never, never done it myself. Uh, my, my new thing is I, I've been running a lot lately. Trying to. That's trying healthier to... than what I do. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of 40, I got to take, start taking better care of myself because. Uh, oh, you're a baby. Uh, I'm 67. I, I know. I'm preempting, right? I, I look at my father who's already, gosh, he's like 76, 77. And he hasn't done a day of exercise in his life and i see him kind of you know in pain moving around i say i don't want that i gotta i gotta keep up with it now so uh look looking back through your journey is there something that comes to mind some life hardship or challenge some maybe a defining moment along the way something that at the time seemed like the end of the world but sitting here today looking back you could say that you're either better off for having gone through with it, or again, it was a defining moment in your life. Well, I'm going to say there were several, okay. and they were all the, the same but different. The first one was the RTC. The RTC? Resolution Trust Corporation. That was the first debacle in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, where the market crashed. Then there was, the, that was all known as the SNL. Um, crash, that's when all the savings and loans went out of business because they were making commercial loans and didn't know what they were doing. Uh, then there was the last crash started in 08 through, say, 11, which was um, the, again, a residential crash that caused the commercial to go down as well uh, because uh the market shifted. These are all shifts in the marketplace. And then again, I think we're going to see a in Florida anyways, a shift because there's a disconnect between what sellers think their properties are worth and what they're actually worth in today's market. I don't care unless you're dealing in an A asset like a Publix or a Walgreens were similar types of properties, no matter what the spectrum is, industrial or office buildings, you cannot buy a property at a 5% and borrow at a 65 to 8%, depending on uh, the asset class and where the loans are. The same is true of multifamily. Um, it just doesn't work. And sellers haven't adjusted yet to the new reality. You know, for the last 10, 
15 years, they've been used to stupidly low interest rates, but a six to seven, eight percent interest rate was the norm for most of my 45 year career, especially in the early days. And we were selling properties in the nine to 11 percent cap rate range with, you know, 70 percent leverage, uh, maybe 75. Today, people want to, you know, get in, you know, have to get in with 50% leverage or less because the banks have learned their lesson. And the interest rates, depending on everything, are between six and a half and seven and a half. So you can't buy at a five. So take out your crystal ball for a second. You've been, you've been around for a while doing this. What do you see? What's your forecast moving forward in the real estate market overall in the next several years? Where do you see things going? Do you see everything kind of flattening out, staying where it's at? What are your thoughts? Well, Florida is an enigma. Nationally, I think we're going to see a lot of higher uh, cap rates, and which is the free and clear return on the investment. Um, for Florida, for several reasons, we're not immune to it, but um, we have a lot of foreign money coming in. We have a lot of um, <clears throat> northern money from high-tax states, and they're willing to accept a lower return on their investment because they're looking at our properties depending on their needs uh, as inexpensive. Uh, but I think what we're going to see is an adjustment more than a crash and a leveling out where the buyer is going to have to get a one and a half, maybe 2% spread on the return from the loan. But it's going to take 12 to 18 months to get there. Um, and it could even take longer. Uh, it also depends on what the Fed does uh with interest rates uh it's like you know right now the average person can't afford to go buy a new car or a used car because they're so expensive yeah so many different factors that go into this and uh it's hard hard to make predictions but i appreciate you sharing so ron why don't in closing please share with our listeners how they could learn more, maybe your website, your contact information, let us know how we could reach you. Sure. Uh, my website is rj-realty.com. That's rj-realty.com. Uh, my phone number is 954-907-0134 on my cell. And my office is 954-381-0412. And, you know, you're not going to get a secretary. You're going to get me 99% of the time. <laughs> For better or worse, we'll be getting you on the phone when we call. Good deal. Right. Man. So, Ron, we will, of course, link in the description below to all of your contact information. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a uh, nice getting to know you and learn a little bit about your business and, and again, getting to know another neighbor. So thanks for coming on brother. Sure. I just want to make one more quick comment. Even if yeah. you're not ready to sell and you're not sure what you should be doing with your commercial or investment property, give me a call 
uh, you know, if you've got a loan coming due in the next 12 to 18 months, you better be looking at your your options today because you're not going to get the same interest rate and terms that you had. And the bank's going to value it for less than you think they will. All right. Very, very good. Uh, Ron, again, pleasure meeting you. Thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in to learn more about our great community and the businesses that serve us. And we will look forward to seeing you all next time in the next episode of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast, Cooper City. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to gnpcoopercity.com. That's gnpcoopercity.com or call 954-231-3170.